two of the McFarland Show. Darren and Justin rolling right along here on the Strike and Spare Family Fun Center studio on this Monday. I hope everybody had a great weekend. Let's head east. Let's go to Knoxville. Let's bring in our man Vince Ferrara, 99.1, the sports animal. He now joins us. Vinny, how you doing? How was your weekend? Oh, it was good. Uh, packed and loud. Thompson Bowling Arena. Got uh, some craziness in the NFL yesterday. So, yeah, it was all good. Hope you guys had a great weekend, too. Yeah, set up the atmosphere war- for us on, on television. It looked and sounded great. Yeah, and from our view, from where the press is, we're behind uh, the basket off to the side a little bit, and they've moved part of the students to the section right next to us. So we we get an even louder throat of what's going on in that in that building. So they're not standing, uh, they're not sitting. They don't. Have, they took the seats out for the students in games. They're standing mm. the whole time. Everybody's got signs and everybody's standing the whole time. So they're a lot more into it than they used to be. Now that the students are back, uh, it was packed. Several games moving forward are sold out. They were chanting uh, unfortunate things to Texas. Uh, some they should and some they shouldn't. But um, they were loud and they were into it. And Josh Heupel came out there at one point during a timeout with the 2023 newcomers and signees, and I had a monster reaction. Uh, Tony Vitello on the video board got a huge reaction, so uh, every, everybody was ready to go. Wow. Now you've piqued my curiosity. What were they saying inappropriately? I really want to I want to know. <laughs> FCC Texas? violations. Texas? Yeah, I'll, I'll text you later. Okay, okay. <laughs> I, I, wanna, I do want to know. I, you've... What a tease, Vince! What a tease! You should get into radio. There you go. Uh, <laughs> but but I'll say I'll say this real quick. Uros Plavchich of the Vols, he shut it down well, the first time that 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 was happening. Really? He kind of gave a finger nod and was like, "No, no, no, we don't do it that way here." He so, didn't. To Kimbe Matumbo? No, no, no. Yeah, basically. Yeah, let, let's not let's not do that. You're better than that. And I I think they got they got the message. So. They really were the better team. They deserved to win the game. They were in control against a very good Texas team. Were you surprised by that? I was not. You know, Texas's coach, who was a longtime assistant under Rick Barnes, knows him really well, done an unbelievable job of holding things together considering what, what happened with the coaching change there. But I, I he had said earlier in the week that oh you know Oklahoma State in our conference plays pretty good defense so that basically paraphrasing that it wouldn't be all that much different yeah yeah it is <laughs> Tennessee's the number one defense in the country in a lot of <laughs> metrics and uh, even though Texas in the end got it, you know got a got to seventy which most teams do not do uh, a lot of that was being down double digits and just you know, jacking up threes and stuff. So um, I was not surprised. I thought Tennessee would, would win. I thought Texas was a little bit overrated. And Tennessee has been so good on their home floor. Uh, so I, I wasn't too surprised, especially now that Tennessee has that new starting lineup, which I think is their best way to go to get the most minutes with Ziegler and James in the starting five. And, um, man, they're just, they relied on their starters a lot more in this game than they have in say, some other games. Do they even have any bench they, scoring? <laughs> On Saturday, uh, I think two points. Okay, it was like forty-one to two, something like that. Wow. But yeah, but the game before they only had one, I think one player in double digits, and every everybody else contributed uh, with, with points. 
it was just a it was just a different kind of game. But man, when you have when you have Olivier Kamwa scoring a career high twenty seven and Ziegler a double double of points and assists. That kid is on a crazy another level the way he's playing right now. Yeah, so everything's changed since that Kentucky game, which he had a dreadful Mm -hmm. game, and he has been fantastic since then. I I love a response. I love when a kid doesn't have things go his way, in this case for an entire game, on national television, at home, and the response is what he's done since that Kentucky game. I love that because not everybody bounces back like that, but Ziegler has been—he's been lights out since that Kentucky game. Do you agree? He has actually. He started playing really well before that. That was obviously a tougher game. He still had some stats from it, but he his double double on Saturday was his third double double in the last eight games. Those are all of them in his career last year and this year. In those eight games, going back to the second game of conference play. He has 65 assists. That's 8.1 per game. On the college level, that's pretty insane. In his last four games, the response to Kentucky, to your point, Darren, 69 points. That's 17.3 per. And what's wild about him is he does so much more beyond the stats. He is one of their best defenders. And now and he's an energy guy, obviously, uh, run the floor, handle the ball. I mean, he is playing a complete basketball right now. And, um, yeah, the, his response and the team's response is that Kentucky game, which honestly is not that surprising. They seem to always bounce back from losses. Uh, they, they've been impressive in, in every way, shape, and fashion ever since then. Olivier Kamwa, where, where, where did that come from? I mean, he was obviously a huge factor in that win. It's a it's a great question, a fair question, and Rick Barnes says it came from practice. He said he had his best practices going into that game. In fact, I guess the last one, it was his best, and he was really proud that he carried over the way he practiced into the game. He had a monster game earlier in conference play of the two-game stretch where he didn't miss a shot from the floor, but then he kind of went a little bit quiet again. That Olivier Kamwa is a game changer for them in terms of them having postseason success and being a national championship contender because he's the only one that has inside and outside scoring versatility for them where he can get a, a shot in the basket, uh, uh, around the basket, but then also draw big outside. So now that is a conflict for defenses. You know, Uroš Plavčić has had some success kind of backing guys down and having some put-back buckets. But Kumwa has a complete offensive game. That makes them so much more difficult to defend. Oh, by the way, they don't have to jack up 30, 35 threes when they can play inside out and score inside and have a response like Kentucky. What did Kentucky do? Talked about what Calipari did to Tennessee in the postgame. He said, we're not giving up the three ball to Tennessee. So they were giving up the twos to Uros, but Tennessee was missing a bunch of bunnies. They couldn't make Kentucky pay for defending beyond the three-point line. Well, Texas and other teams were too. Tennessee had an answer. Now you start backing off your three-point shooters. Now you have more open, clean threes, and you start making them because things are going well. 
that's the response to what Kentucky did that Tennessee didn't have the answers to in that game. But if they have that inside-out game, now you have the answers to that. And they already have lineup versatility. Now you have execution versatility with how you play. It, it really changes them. Vince, I wanted to ask you very quickly, uh, as the uh, Super Bowl is now set, the journey for one Trey Smith uh, coming over there from Rocky Top uh, all the way now to where he played, and I just looked it up, 90% of the snaps for the Kansas City Chiefs this year, 100% of the snaps against the Bengals in the AFC Championship game. What a journey for this young man to come from Rocky Top, ended up being a late-round pick, but now in position here to uh, get himself a, a ring here. Yeah, and Justin, I'll take you a little bit farther back in that journey. Okay. Number one overall overall player in the recruiting rankings by ESPN. And Tennessee was able to get him on campus as an in-state player, which was very big at the time. Then he had some, he had the blood clots at Tennessee that he had to deal with that kept him off the field some uh, and then he was able to come back from that, and then there was answer some questions, but there was still and be productive, but there was still some questions about him in the NFL and how the NFL would would deal with that. Well, medically, he's gotten past those with the blood clots, and they clearly are able to manage it. He can practice, and the, he wasn't a, a first or second round pick like many thought. Ended up going in the sixth round of the Chiefs, and. Every, so many people said he was a steal, and he's played like he's been a steal of that draft. And from day one, he's been the starter at right guard. And fortunately, people are pointing to, oh, look at 65, hold on this play where Mahomes had the scramble. Well, uh, I mean, how, how many holding calls do we have on every play in the National <laughs> Football League, many of which don't get caught? I don't want him to be judged by that because – Steve, I talked to Steve Watch from the NFL Network. He told me, hey, this guy is going to be huge in this game. Cincinnati stunts a lot. DJ Reader is going to be a beast up, up the middle. Uh, he did a good job in keeping Mahomes mostly clean in that game. And, uh, yeah, he's, got, he's the one active VFL that's got a chance for a Super Bowl. Derek Barnett is on IR for the Eagles, so he could technically get a ring also. But, um, yeah, it's been quite the journey, and he has delivered in the NFL like he did at Tennessee. Yeah, in a big way. And on the opposite end of that coin, one of the uh, lasting images from yesterday's uh, 49ers-Eagles game is a shot of uh, Juwan Jennings sitting on the bench looking absolutely dejected. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he was key in their one touchdown and, and Christian McCaffrey getting in and kind of getting guys off of him and holding him up so he could get in the end zone. And he's always looking to block down the field. He said afterwards uh, he took some blame on one of the hits on their QBs for a missed block. Uh, but he was also emotional in the post game. Uh, in interviews and and how special the season was for him, so uh, he should be a a, a guy that gets a, a another contract with the 49ers and and stays there. He fits their culture in a lot of ways, and uh, yeah, it's a tough way for a season to end. But man, when you step back and reflect on it, that's another guy that went from basically being kicked off of Tennessee or you know and definitely suspended, work his way back, bust his butt, produce and then not get looked at by the NFL like he could have with his talent and now finding a really good role in the NFL. So it's, it's crazy, some of these Tennessee stories for sure. It's not his fault. He didn't have a quarterback. It's not, it's not yeah. his fault. I mean, honestly. 
Anything we need to know about Wednesday, the first day of February? Anything newsworthy uh, from your market, or do you think it's going to be completely non-eventful? <laughs> I think there'll be more attention on the Tennessee-Florida basketball game. Wow, okay. Well, that answers that. <laughs> well, look, they, they may add they, they may add you know somebody in there or do an official signing. I was wondering about the – uh, the other four transfers that hadn't been announced, they went ahead and announced those, like, after I talked to you guys last week. So, I mean, there could be somebody, but nothing nothing big. Their, their class is pretty much pretty much done. So I, I, I wouldn't expect much news at all. I hate to be mean, but National Signing Day, which used to be this one on Wednesday, which was the day that actually this is what everybody talked about, has become – just kind of a, you know, it's become blockbuster video. Well, not really, because blockbuster doesn't exist. No. Newspapers. It's just dying a very, very <laughs> slow death, and I hate to shun the newspaper business. I've got great people working there, but it's it's just dying a slow death. Here's the difference is that that National Signing Day has Greg Sankey to potentially resuscitate it again, while those media outlets did not. Because Greg Sankey has been open and saying, we, we're putting too much on these coaches in December. We need to push this signing, this early signing date back. And maybe it's the first Wednesday of February. Maybe it's the last Wednesday of January. It's going to get pushed back because Greg Sankey is talking about okay, it. Okay, fair and enough. He doesn't talk about things that he hasn't already yep. had <laughs> movement on. You're 100% correct true. on that. He just isn't floating something out there just because. Right. Yeah. He's floating yeah, out there the because he knows. That's right. He knows something. Yeah. Vinny, always appreciate it. Have a great week. Next week, we'll get your Super Bowl prediction. Thank you, sir. We talk to you next week. But have a great week, and uh, we'll talk next week. All right. Looking forward to it. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. All right. That is Vince Ferrara, 99-1, the sports animal. Does an amazing job there in Knoxville.